Welcome to Comfortable Place on the Couch, episode 30. A short-run podcast exploring every Midnight Oil album in the year of their Great Circle Tour. My name is Darren Folds, and in this past year, I've been spinning every Midnight Oil studio album from my comfortable couch, as well as taking a listen to some of their EPs, live recordings, and video releases! Woo! Episode 30, joining me... Each episode is my longtime friend and fellow Midnight Oil enthusiast, Robin Harbin. Are you enthusiastic tonight? 30 episodes. We must have outstayed our welcome by now. I cannot think of anything that could be closer to the truth. (laughs) Shouldn't there be about 10 episodes or 11 episodes or something? Hey, it's the cows! I think I think that we had planned on like 12 episodes. Yeah. Yep. Just like those Beatles guys. Exactly. Yeah. The Beatles podcast that Darren totally ripped them off with this idea, but I didn't even know. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure I told you about no, them. No, yeah, no, I told no, you. No, 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 no. I just dragged you along into yeah. my big lie. <laughs> you are not an accomplice. You were saying that they were really good at... Lots of stuff. At lots of stuff, and... At least we made a couple cow jokes or something. We made some jokes. We made some jokes. That's right. All right. Because people love our banter. Yes. It's snowing out tonight. Is it ever? I risked life and limb. Were you listening to too much sunshine as you were barreling down the highway? Uh, yeah, it's. I was thinking, what a great summer driving album <laughs> as I'm driving through the snow. Yeah, what did I listen to? I listened to the Mosquito March, Been Away Too Long. I listened to the last... Part of the album on the way here. Yeah, the sugar and beef part. Yeah, as I was sliding through the intersections and honking <laughs> at people, all the Out morons on the road, and thinking I'm glad for my studded tires, but it's not enough on a, on a day like today. You are not studly enough. I am not studded enough. Would you believe that I have business arising? Do you? I do. So last night, as we were recording... About the Wabagan Tooth of Gold. Yeah. Great find, by the way. Hey, did you know that that he's a bearded shark? It means shaggy beard or something like that. Well, I thought it was like a carpet shark. Well, that's the type of shark he is, yes. Oh, but, but doesn't Wabagon mean shaggy beard? Oh, maybe. I read something about a shaggy beard, and I thought, wow, that's my kind of shark. Yeah. Yeah, if there's ever a shark I've liked. If I'm going to be eaten by a shark, I really want him to at least be a bearded shark. Yeah. There you, you know? go. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, Graham, last night, as we're yep. recording the podcast, talking about... The Wobbegun Tooth of Gold. Yeah. He's wearing this awesome, homemade, Wobbegun Tooth of Gold shark shirt. Yeah. Darren always goes on. The shirts he really likes, he just talks about them forever, hoping (laughs) somebody will mail him a free one. That's what he's always hoping for. Hasn't happened yet. Don't mail me anything. I will feel bad and guilty if you do. (laughs) Graham also had that really cool homemade Rob Hurst shirt a few days ago. Yeah. He's making some really great stuff. Anyway, well done. Yeah. Well begone, Tooth of Gold. So, Darren, you're, you're skilled at these sort of things, too. Why aren't you making cool shirts? I don't know why I don't make... I think it's just too expensive to get them made. So these guys either must have their own screen printing or some other way of doing things is, that is it does expensive it on in, in this day and age is it really okay. i haven't looked into it yeah i haven't done anything man and i'm all out of ideas <laughs> okay uh, yeah business arising number two yep after 
considering our discussion last week about the caste system in Xavier Herbert's Capricornia. Yeah, that's, that is the name of it. Yeah. Yep. I think that I was mistaken in my understanding that that the mixed race folks were even yeah, on, lower on the on, on the, this caste system than the black aborigines yeah. you know after after considering you know the other the things that were going on in the novel and then then doing a little bit of reading on the internet i'm thinking yeah robin was totally right hey i like to hear that once in a while robin once in a while you are totally right once in a while yep thank you darren there was something else that was really cool so you know pete's from the Capitol gig where he had that tea towel wrapped around his oh, head? Oh, yeah, yeah, where he's doing the housewife thing. So Grant tweeted us, letting us know that Pete's headscarf at the Capitol was a Triple J exploding head t-shirt. And he says, they're big in the 80s in Australia. Exploding head t-shirt. Yeah, so I Google it. So it's a t-shirt with like an exploding head on it. It's just like this big abstract yellow splat kind of an abstract exploding head yeah yeah so that was like a promotional thing from that radio station guess so yeah thanks grant and i want to thank arnulf for some info about the capricornia dvd the dts five channel six channel 5.1 5.1 channel version of yeah. the album so he was giving me some info on it ah Say no more. So thank you very much. Shall we continue with the album? We should. Get on with it. So we just finished A Crocodile Cries, which every sane person would agree is the end of Side A. I would agree that that's the end of Side A. Except Sony, who released the box set. The only version of Capricornia on vinyl that exists. Clearly in the insane camp. They ended Side A with Mosquito March. But of course, we are starting the true Side B. It's right back into the rock, Darren. It does. After that little Moonlight Sonata crocodile thing. Did you know that I used to have a Hyundai Sonata with a moonroof? Did you? Speaking of Moonlight Sonatas. Oh, yeah. Moonroof. I remember. Did, did you crash that one too? No, um, I didn't change the timing oh, belt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so your engine blew up, yeah, right? More it's or less. Self-destructed. More or less. Yeah. Yep. I now remember that. <laughs> what was your logic at the time? You had some good you had some good reasoning about not changing the timing belt. I didn't know what a timing belt was. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. Mosquito Mart. Big drum fill. Yeah, the big snare intro. Yeah, it just hits the drums and then both guitars launch right in. And yes. Mark Martin's doing the main riff, rocking away, and that drops down to the, the bass. Kick and the low toms there, just kind of pounding away. Yeah. Those jungle rhythms for the for the verses? Yeah, it is like a jungle rhythm. Eh? Well, a little bit. Yeah, and there's this kind of low, ominous, distorted guitar. Yeah. I don't think it's the bass, unless it's the second bass, but it's presumably a guitar. Getting to second bass? What? Hey, are you getting to second bass? <laughs> no, what do you mean a second bass? There's definitely drums and bass yeah. playing already. Yeah. There's this other low instrument. That might be another bass. Yeah, like a second one. You know, gotcha. There's the first bass. And then you get to second base if you're lucky. Gotcha. Might even get to third. You let me know how much you want me to include of that. <laughs> you're the one who misunderstood. <laughs> Again, they're doing their trick with the, the vocals. Yep. Dropping down bass and drums. Yeah, getting rid of a bunch of instruments to let Pete do his kind of, hey, listen to me, pay attention. Yeah. So the drums are marching. 
And then the guitars come back, and you notice what happens with the guitars. They sound like mosquitoes? They sure do. It's, yes. It's the riff that was played earlier in the song, yep. but now with a, a deliberately narrow kind of distortion. Yeah, yeah. And it really does sound like a bunch oh, of yeah, for buzzing sure. mosquitoes. listen to a whole song with that kind of distortion no i wouldn't not unless i was listening to redneck wonderland yeah (laughs) uh oh wait yeah uh then the chorus i I would call it the walking in the wilderness yep bit is the chorus uh goes back to some clean guitars Mm -hmm. and then back down to the tom and bass heavy marching riff eh? yeah it is toms eh i i'm pretty sure those are toms yeah yeah Remember we were talking about kind of those trashy symbols back on, was it on Redneck? Got a nice real garbage canny kind of symbol sounding off at uh, 134 here. Some vocal harmonies come in and it's all this see the king business. Different guys in the band take chances to kind of repeat it's like, see the king? Yeah. And then Jim is singing in your left ear. I think it's Jim anyway. So like Pete sings, see the king? Yep. And then somebody sings off to the side. See the king. Yeah. Then Pete sings it again. Yeah. And then you got like Rob or Bones or both of them maybe. Yeah. Singing over in your right. So it's always kind of cool. Yep. See the king? Yeah. See the king? Yeah. I really like the hey that happens at 214. Hey. Darren and I have a long history of saying hey. Hey. In songs. In songs. Yeah. It's, yeah. Basically, we can turn any song into like a lounge song. Just by inserting yeah, you just kinda, a strategic, hey. Yeah, and, and there's a funny rhythm to it, right? There's like a rule. I don't know if we've yeah. figured out what the rule is. Yeah, I but, know what you mean. But there's a right time to yep. say, hey. Yeah. And when we're on, we're on. We got yeah. it. We, you usually don't do your hey right on the beat. No, oh, It's yeah. usually like a kind of a, a pickup kind of thing. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Just like that. Just like that. So I, I like random haze. At least two haze going on in this album, if not more. I think we talked yeah. about one last night. Yeah, and then about 220 more background vocals come in. Great background vocals. I want to talk yes, about these. you tell me about Do you them. know that I actually sent a tweet out to Jim asking about these things? Yeah, he didn't write you He back. didn't write me back. Yeah. And we understand. You're just too busy or something. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry about it. Lying around from your hamstring recovery. Yep. I was wondering if this was the key to understanding if this song was about a particular character's point of view, like coming from a particular character's point of view or not. And so at one point, as I was kind of really thinking about this song, I just I just thought, I think that the answer is right here in this BGVs. Walking in the wilderness, the endless distance you don't need to guess. I've kind of come to decide, no, I, I think that they're, they're just singing walking walking or something like that ah. yeah i i don't i'm not sure so, but i don't i don't know if the key so what that do you I was think they might have been singing. i was wondering are they singing norman or oh. or talky or or i was wondering like if they were saying somebody's name or if there was just something i just couldn't quite decipher that was just going to give away like unlock for certain the meaning of the song yeah yeah no i i wasn't hearing any particular 
That'd be cool. Oh, it would be. Yeah. I'd still like to know, you know, Jim, if you want to let us know, that'd be great. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's it's just a really nice sounding BGV yeah, too. So they're super swirly, and mm-hmm. I think they run through like we've talked about the Leslie speaker before, yeah, which one is one of those the, rotating kind of things. Yeah, the rotating. Yep. Yeah, that yeah. might give you a little bit of a Doppler effect. Mm, mm. Good old Doppler. Nice drum fill at two twenty-seven. Now, how about this? At two forty-two, the drums do something interesting, and I've mentioned before. What album do I think this connects with musically the most? Blue Sky Mining. Yeah. So see if you hear something from another Blue Sky Mining song. And doesn't isn't that just like King of the Mountain at the end of King of the Mountain? Always an excuse to talk about King of the Mountain. Yeah, no kidding. Playing all the beats. Playing all the beats, yeah. <laughs> but it's just something Rob doesn't do often. No, that's true. Especially the idea of switching to that, just for that neat emphasis near the end of a song. Even the song, like we've been talking about, like kind of the marching bit and the jungle drums and stuff like that. The whole song, the bass and the drums, just really have that driving, pushing it forward the whole way through kind of thing going on. And It's not a march, Yeah. but it's got that like forced march feel like I'm just... Cracking the whip behind you, making you go. Yeah. Are we talking about this song still? Mosquito March? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like those verses, though, those feel like a different kind of march, the tom parts. Yeah. Right? That, that, that's more that that slog through the jungle yeah, type thing. That's right. And yeah. then the rest of it is really driving. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that and that's like, you know, Bones is just giving her with the slidey kind of eighth note kind of bass playing, and yeah. Rob just... Yeah. Just driving it. Yep. So another example of the oils evoking the mood and the, the feeling, the maybe even the theme of the song as we get into the lyrics yeah. musically. Yeah. So th- this song's in B minor. Another uh, B minor. Yeah. So it, there is two. Yeah. I kind of wonder if Jim is, you know, really loves B minor for some reason. But did you know on the end chord, it ends on E major. Kind of a weird... I was going to ask, yeah. Dun. What is that? It's, just a, it's it's almost like a little bit of a dive there too, isn't there? Like a guitar dive at the very end? Uh, let's listen for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the ending... <laughs> so there's this surprise E major yeah. ending. Yeah. And then this feedback yeah this noisy the mosquito that sounds like mosquitoes or actually it sounds to me like like the is it a cicada how do you say it? or cic- oh yeah cicada? yeah i know what how you're talking about i think it is a cicada cicada yeah yeah it's like that a seven year um insect yeah that, that just shows up and makes this real racket yep it's kind of like a like a cricket, a cricket. Or, yep. yeah and in australia they have their own the green grocer they call it really yeah there's this particular cicada not a green grocer oh green would you say green grocer i don't know you said green grocer yeah i would i I don't i don't know what i don't know what this thing is but i thought oh that sounds suspiciously like a green grocer like going to get your vegetables at the green yeah so do you call it a grocer really not a grocer okay what like a grocery store yeah oh yeah i guess i do i call it a green grocer and you call it a green grocer 
Yeah, but it's a gro- grocery store. Do you say gr- grocery store? I say grocery. Oh, interesting. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not sure. Yeah. But so you it's never a say, C. You never say a grocery store. I don't think I've ever said a grocery store. Funny. That's how I say it, but I might be wrong my whole life, or you might be wrong your whole life, too. You know what, Robin? Yeah. Sometimes you are right. Sometimes I'm right, and sometimes I'm not. This might be a thing where people just say, like, grocer. Yep. Or grocer. Gross. See, I want to just say it as an S. I want to... It's a grocery store. It's not even a grocery store. It's a grocery store. Yeah, grocery. So you're still doing the s. Yeah, definitely us. Yeah, okay. Kind of sound, even though I spell it with a C. So go ahead and say it with... Green grocer. I don't know that, though. Or the green grocer. Yeah, let's call it a green grocer. Well, I, I don't want to change into a toll S-H either. <laughs> I want kind of a C-H. Grocer. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay, the green grocer. Yeah. It's an insect. Yeah. Yeah. Like a cicada. Yeah, cicada. Oh, yeah, cicada. From Arabia. Arabia. Arabia, yeah. Ariba, Ariba. We did that last time, didn't we? A couple episodes ago, but that didn't make it into the podcast. No, you cut that? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Just like you will again this time. Probably. Okay. Yeah, and then finally, the cord slides down. Yeah, it's got that dive. It actually slides slightly back up and then cuts Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. It's a cool song. Yeah. What a great way to start the second side of the album. It is an excellent start to the second side. So, is this about the wet season, the dry season? Yeah, it, it's. I think it, that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in Capricornia, the, the novel, the wet, the dry yeah. is really emphasized. I yeah. guess that's northern Australia. It's like other countries that are getting close to the equator. Yeah, it's a tropical climate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And about how all the workers just kind of quit. Oh, the wet's yeah. coming. Oh, it's the wet. What are you going to do? Yeah. We're Might just, as well get drunk. Yeah. We're not just going to sit around and drink for six months or yep. whatever. It's the wet. However long it is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it features quite prominently in Norman's part of the story um, when he is out at one point in the bush and kind of gets trapped in the wet. Yeah. An and accidental walkabout. An accidental. I was not going on a walkabout. <laughs> I like how he has it. And it wasn't a walkabout. <laughs> He's sort yeah. of legendary when he returns to town after what? How many months is he away? Like, yeah, it must be many, many months. Yeah, yeah, many months. And everybody like thinks he's so great for doing this walkabout, except I guess that's that's definitely not like a, a civilized thing to do, yeah, right? That's yeah. not a if if Norman wants to be part of this higher social ranking. Yeah, it's not something that's going to gain him. Don't just go on walkabout. No, nope. it's an interesting idea. That walkabout is kind of this, like you just kind of take off. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, ah, I'm going to walkabout. And you just kind of leave your problems yeah. and civilization behind. Yeah. And apparently can survive. Okay, yeah. If you have enough bush skills or whatever, you yeah. can get by. Yeah. Before I read Xavier Herbert's novel, I think I was kind of getting a, almost like a soldiery Vietnam-y kind of vibe out of this song. Mm. But that's not where I'm at these days. Mm-hmm. It seems to me, this seems to be a Capricornia, the novel, influence song, because there's a number of people that have these marches through the through the bush, through the jungle for one reason or another. So when I listen to the song, I'm trying to figure out, who is this talking about? Are these vocals, you know, giving us a clue? What's going on here? So yeah, it could be Norman doing his not a walkabout 
just kind of getting stuck in the wet yeah. for half a year <laughs> in the bush. But it wasn't a walkabout. <laughs> yeah. It could have been Frank, uh, who towards the end of the album, he, I think he's like delirious almost at, at one point during that, trying to find his way out because he's certainly getting lost in there, circling around and then yeah. eventually gets out onto the beach and makes his way to the island and the fakes the whole I'm a sea captain who shipwrecked and yeah, type thing. Did you say Frank? Oh, that's Ket. Yeah, that's Yeah, Kat. that's totally Ket. Frank's really dead by that time. <laughs> You're oh, giving sorry. it away. Sorry, guys. But yeah, it could be Frank, you know, wandering around and then, oh, Frank's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be Talkie and, yeah. and her escapades in the she bush. She had some adventures, yeah. Yeah, so now, I can pick out bits that think, okay, could this be that? Could when this Nor- be that? When Norman's rifle was stolen by Talkie without him knowing yeah was that the beginning of his of his walkabout or was that a different that was different that was yeah. after his walkabout okay well yeah what... he was going to find ket he was looking for ket then. yeah yeah okay because he did he know that frank was dead already no no he didn't he know didn't frank know that was frank dead. was dead already yeah because yeah. frank wasn't dead already he couldn't that's have been right. dead well that's right yes yeah not to give anything away yeah. but read the novel it's good yeah it's a good one you'll like it i bet Probably, yeah. If yeah. you've ever read a novel of length and thought that was okay. That was worthwhile. Yeah. Then this will probably be worthwhile too. I think so. We enjoyed it. Yeah. What do you figure the simple answer is? Well, you don't need to get a simple answer. Hmm. It's kind of funny how that simple answer, you might get a simple answer. Yeah. You will get a simple answer. You might get a simple answer. You don't need a simple answer. Yeah. So get a simple answer. Yeah. Get a simple answer. Yeah. It sounds like something that might happen to you on Walkabout. Yeah. Right? When and that, you're out that's kind of where I was starting to settle as well. You know what? The big questions boil down to simple answers. You know what? It's the wet. You're going to stay here. That's yeah. the simple answer. Yeah. And you're just dealing like, you know, walking in the wilderness, you're naked now, just skin and sand. You'll get a simple answer. Isn't that totally cat crawling out onto the beach? Yeah. Like just, yeah. When, when you're down to... Basic survival. Mm-hmm. A lot of your Think problems, uh, your other simple. problems don't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Past the point of no return, you're like a dog without a bone. What's a dog without a bone like? Unhappy. Yeah, a dog with a bone. Protective? Yeah, I think they are protective, right? Yeah. They're jealous of it. Like yep. they're, yeah. They've got their treasure. So if you're like a dog without a bone, like you're you're searching, yep. I guess. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, that's Mosquito March. Yeah. One down. Just so that we keep track of things. Yeah. Garrett Magini. As is the next one. Fresh air, soft landing. Been away too long. So we're going to do the music? Sure. You know, at their heart, the Oils are a surf rock band. Is that what this one feels like to you? I can hear surf in the song, yeah. Especially the toms and stuff. It's not like in-your-face 50s, 60s surf kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, I can definitely hear the surf influence in the toms. Yeah. So it starts off with like a guitar drone mm-hmm. with tons of filter yep. on it. And then the, a much closer guitar. The one d- guitar almost sounds distant. Yep. And then one really close comes in and plays a descending riff. Yep. Your drums and your bass come in. This is all just in the first seven seconds. Yep. And then the guitars switch to ringing guitars. Then Pete starts singing, and for once, the whole band keeps going with him. Yeah, they can't don't overuse out. that trick. Yeah, that's yeah. right. 
the band does briefly start through the first verse. They everybody's playing, and then they cut just for Pete to start saying "Have I been?" Yes. And then the whole band comes back in, but there's complete silence for Pete to just get those few words out. Now I'm ready to start. Have I been away too long? Every chorus, there's this nice slidey bass fill. So if you want to play one, they seem to happen twice every chorus. Yep. Yeah, he slides right up. And it's basically like a lead yeah. bass band. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I just found Pete was really singing with extra urgency. He's passionate about his surfing. He is passionate about it. Lots of excellent vocals from Pete. Like, he's just... Well done, Pete. Yeah, good job, Pete. You worked at it. And we can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hard work pays off. So There's n- a lesson you can learn in that, Peter. <laughs> yeah, I think... I, it's not too late. With what he's accomplished in his life... <laughs> He prob- he's probably figured that out oh, yeah, by now. Yeah, he probably has. Yeah. Maybe that's the lesson I could learn. Yeah. I think they all worked pretty hard to complete this world tour yeah. at age 60. I would hope that if any of our silly joke, if any of my silly jokes. Yeah, or mine. For or them. yours. Yeah. Make it to the guys that they would understand we're just having fun and yeah. we just absolutely love what they do and we think that they're fantastic. We hope we, if they hear any of our dumb jokes, they'll also hear this disclaimer and the one or two other disclaimers we've scattered yeah. throughout the episodes. Oh, yeah. We're just having some fun. <laughs> we are. So, Pete, get with it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Jim gets a l- nice little solo. Well, yeah, it's just like this mini guitar break or a mini guitar solo there. Wow, wow, wow. Finally, what do you think about the ending of the song? No, that's not how it ends. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of... <laughs> that, that was exactly right. Okay, let's play it. I don't ever have to listen to the song again, because I have... Okay, you got to admit, that was pretty close. This nice major resolving chord. Isn't it? It's the most resolved. I don't know if the oils have ever had a happier, more resolved ending on any of their songs. We're not going to give you a fake resolution. We're not going to hold out and not give you one. Here it is. Resolved. Ta-da! Yeah, it's, it's almost cheesy almost yeah it, it's it's just surprisingly but i i think jim must have really been wanting to hammer home some kind of positive ending yeah so i think that super resolved ending yeah plays with at the beginning of the song it's got a really anticipatory kind of sound there's sure, this, yeah. all this drink, 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 drink. Yep. and in fact the start of the song it's hard to tell it's in the key of g but it's actually really hard to tell what key it is in for the whole beginning of the okay. song. It's just really... And why is that? Is that just because they're not ever landing on yeah, the... Yeah, they Not the tonic. What do you call that's it? That's right. The yeah. tonic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so or the root chord yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm probably thinking so, of saying. So it's like, what key is this in? It's kind of got this kind of... It's not like super negative or... But it's got this kind of... The tension uh, of not knowing exactly where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that they would start a song with so much uncertainty, musical uncertainty, mm-hmm. 
and then so strongly resolve at the end. Do you recall off the top of your head where in the song it becomes quite evident what key we're in? It's not until the chorus hits, I think. Almost the first minute of the song hmm. feels pretty uncertain. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, you know, when, when he sees the waves, when he catches sight of those green curves, I was wondering, I was hoping, oh, is, is that when we know that we're in this key and we've got that certainty? You know, Pete's finally, he sees the sea and he just dives right in to, to go for his surf and, and that's where he gets yeah. that feeling, but maybe not, eh? Well, maybe that's not where that musical it, feeling yeah, maybe. I, I guess it's just really the way it starts off with that filtered guitar, kind of this drone. But it's still okay. It comes into the, have I been away so long? I just can't wait. That's okay. Cause that's, that's when he's in there too, right? He's yeah. got his feet on the board and he's, he's where he should be. So what do you think it's about Darren? I do think that it is about surf, but I think it's more than just about jumping on the board and, and hanging 10. They balance back and forth, you know, big city, industrial, uh, technology with nature and just enjoying yourself in the surf type thing. Um, I think that they... It, on this song? Yeah. Oh, so where where's... Okay, first verse, you're, you're seeing nature. You're looking out at what's beautiful. You see the ocean. Leviathan is back. Yeah, the, yeah, that's the right. The untamed sea, the untamed ocean. Um, he's ready to start. He's ready to dive in and, and get surfing again. And then he sings the, the chorus. He realized, man, have I been away so long? I just can't wait. I'm so glad I'm doing this. The second pair of verses or the second verse there, big smoke umbrella, blue lights up close. I'm thinking big smoke is like factories, industry. I'm thinking blue lights up close is technology. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in the second part of, of the second verse, if that's what it is, I imagine completeness. He's, he's going to make a break from that stuff. No spin cycle deceit. Yeah. Um, again, that rat race type thing going around, going to break free of that kind of stuff. Time and tide keep on rolling. Now the world is at my feet on the board in the ocean having a surf. Interesting. That's fairly different than my interpretation of this song. Excellent. I want to hear yours, and I am especially looking forward to Explorers of Psyche stealing the code. Yeah, because you know what? I don't have a good one for that one. Oh, that's too bad. I'm sorry. But it it seems like something that you'd be like totally into, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like it, but... Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, lay it on me. So for me, this is somebody who has been at sea. Okay. And they're happy to be back. Oh, yeah, cool. Back on land. Sure. So the sight of those green curves, I take that to be like land, like hillside. Okay, yeah seeing land after being out at sea yeah. for quite a while yeah. um break the grip of leviathan we've talked about how leviathan represents the water it's yes cre- it's it's chaos in the sea it's the creature of the sea yeah if you're mm-hmm. stuck at sea sure and and there is in the book capricornia yeah. Yeah. there are some people stuck at sea for a while or so that's why i'm thinking it's somebody who's glad to be home very good back on land yeah but I agree about that third verse, the big smoke umbrella, the blue lights. Yeah, blue lights are interesting. Nowadays, blue LEDs mm-hmm. are so common, right? We see yeah. we see yeah. little blue lights on electronics all yeah. the time. Yeah. It's not that long ago that there was not a oh, blue yeah. LED. You're That's aware right. of that, yeah. right? I don't because... know if 
it's expensive or it was difficult to make yes yeah yeah and so there's a time and it was like oh blue leds and now mm-hmm. they're everywhere yeah but a lot of our listeners might not know that that was a thing for mm-hmm. a while and so a blue led in the early 2000 kind of represented cutting edge yeah. and expensive technology mm-hmm. yeah. and so on yeah. and i think i was just thinking of blue lights big blue ibm or banking you know that kind of stuff yeah well, whatever so it's interesting to think about it as a surfing song. And it's interesting to think of it as a, hey, this actually could be a Capricornia song. It could be elements of Capricornia plus other elements thrown in as well. Yeah, let's make this ambiguous. Is this about somebody wanting to get glad they're away from the sea or somebody who's happy to be on the sea? Well, you've it's, split the couch, boys. It's well both. done. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was thinking about uh, Ket coming back. His shipwreck, mm-hmm. or is not shipwreck, yeah. uh, Mark returning and so on. But a- anyway, I-, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Very okay. good, though. That was fun. Say your prayers for the future. Say your prayers? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Under the overpass? <laughs> yes. This has always been a favorite of mine. Mine too. So this came out in early 2002. I met my wife in late 2001, but she was living not only... Under the overpass? (laughs) No, she wasn't actually. She had a... She was living on the third story of a house. Oh. Yes. But she was living um, on the east coast of, of the state. She was living in Maine at the time. Yeah. And I was living here in Thunder Bay. And so we had this long distance relationship. Mm. But, you know, back in the day, we yeah, it wasn't like mixed tapes, but it was mixed CDs. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think I sent this to her on a CD. And um, there was a pub in Bangor, Maine, where she was living. Actually, it might have been called the Salty Dog. Or maybe the Salty Dog was kind of under the overpass. Anyway, there was a connection between under the overpass and this little divey pub in the town where she was living. Okay. And, and that had kind of like a little emotional tie for me. And then just the song itself was, it's just a great sing along song. Like yeah. I think I've only played this album for my boys once or twice yeah. this year, but first time my six year old heard it, he was just singing those hallelujahs along <laughs> yeah. with the band. You know, it's just so easy to get in and sing along with this song. Yeah. I love this song too. And actually it's it's a nice partner. One of my other favorite oil songs is Warfrat, the oils covering yeah. the Grateful Dead. Yeah. And that song totally ties in totally with this song too. They they're yeah, like it's another down and out. Down and out. And that one it's I'll I'll get up and fly away and this yep. one's Hallelujah. Yeah. But both very spiritual spiritual view yeah. of of life. Interestingly, this song is not a Pete song. No. This song's a little controversial, I've seen. Yes. There's some who... Have strong opinions. Who don't like the God-bothering. Yeah. And I think typically they kind of blame Pete for that, but Pete's so cool that they put up with it mostly, right? You got to put up with him. (laughs) That's right. You know what happens when you don't put up with Pete? Uh Uh-huh. He dances you off the stage. (laughs) He sure does. (laughs) So this is Magini Hurst composition and Pete had nothing to do with the lyrics in this one. Just something to take note of. 
my fine atheist friends. Now, do you want to talk lyrics first then? Because it seems like we're kind of yeah, going we... down that road and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about sure. the music afterwards. We are going that way. It seems to be a story of, of hard times, poverty. Is it contrasting the, the hopelessness of something you'll never get back again with the hallelujahs, some, some sort of spiritual thing that is offering hope, a, a hope in God? Yeah. Okay. So Darren, the word hallelujah. Yes. What does it mean? Praise Yahweh. Praise God. Yeah. So short for praise Yahweh, yeah. the Jewish name. Yeah. The Hebrew uh, word for God, Jehovah, Yahweh. So hallelujah. Yeah. It's kind of like just jumping off the way. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now, Leonard Cohen. Yes. Had that huge hit. Now, everybody's finally sick of it. <sighs> yes. But. I'm glad everybody's finally sick of it. Right? I feel like I've been sick of it for years. But. It is a really neat song. Surely you liked but, it. Oh, yeah, originally. totally. It, it is a good song. It's just been done just to death. Way overdone. Yeah. yeah. But the oil's Hallelujah. And Larry Cohen, both in the key of C. Oh, yeah. Coincidence? There's 12 keys. <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds? And the oils aren't one to play a song in C very often no, at all. No, that's right. Yeah. And I'd have to get a better look at Larry Cohen's stuff. Larry Cohen's a guy who doesn't care what key anything's in. He's just going to talk over the whole thing anyway. But his band cares. Does Cohen, like, I know he's a poet. Does he write music as well, or is he just a lyricist? It's a good question. I've seen him with an acoustic guitar in hand. Mm -hmm. Is that a prop? Does he play it? Anyway, just a coincidence, I suppose, that both songs would be in C, but I find it interesting. We might as well start counting, seeing as it's more than two at this point. This is the third time you've called Jim a dirty, rotten cheat and a thief (laughs) on this album. I do feel like overall this is a song about somebody who's down and out. Yep. But I can't help but think when I try to relate this to Capricornia, mm-hmm. it's actually not about somebody oh, good. particularly down and out. I had a hard time relating it to Capricornia, so I'm, I'm very excited to hear what you have to think about this. I can't help but think of the fight between Jock Driver, yeah. the deadly fight between yeah. him and Elbert. Yellow and- Elbert. Yeah, and they're having a fight in the train, and Jock, before he gets stabbed, he gets knocked over and knocks all the cutlery and everything, and he falls in this pile of presumably glasses and all this, and then news of this this murder passes, and that's what the opening line sort of reminds me of. Oh, yeah. Oh, the news will travel slowly. slowly over broken glass. Yeah, that's the, the thing that came to mind. That doesn't mean that it is. No. Yeah. But I just imagine if there was a good line about how the news would be traveling down the train line or something, yeah, then yeah. I would feel even more certain. Huh. That's neat. Yeah. So anyway, I couldn't think of a really strong... Capricornia connection. How about you? Didn't have one. No. No. Yeah. I also agree. I love playing this song or singing singing along with this song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And my kids are all into it. So, you know, something that I was thinking even as I was driving home from work today, listening to this song and singing at the top of my lungs. (laughs) Yeah. Even if we're not living under an overpass, even if we're not dealing with substance abuse or something like that, all of us, you know, we've dealt with some sort of loss of something that we'll never get back, kind of like the lyrics are talking about in the song. And so universally, this is a song about loss. Yeah. Stuff that 
that we can all relate to. And so maybe that's part of the appeal. Yeah. 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 And I think everybody, you, you reach an end where, you know, you don't know where to turn. Yeah. And then that is when some people will cry out to God. Yeah. Or they'll curse God or, yeah. you know, or if they are absolutely sure there is no God, then they're angry at the universe or something, but still reaching out like where you feel... Something beyond yourself. Something's beyond yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know where to either pour your anger or your pleading, you know, your yeah. hope, either way, whichever way you go yeah. on it, uh, there's something beyond beyond that. And so a word like hallelujah captures that. Yeah. And there's other songs that capture the other, the angry. Yeah. <laughs> so... So this this one really works for me. As much as I love it, yeah. And at one point it was my favorite song on the album. I think I have a more favorite song coming up later. Oh, interesting. But we still have to talk about. Yeah, let's get through this music. So musically, it opens with just a single acoustic guitar. Yeah, and Pete's vocals. Yeah, and interesting, the acoustic guitar is panned in the middle. I'm pointing. I'm just like right here. Robin has his hand as the dial. <laughs> Right in the middle of I've his got, forehead. I've got my balance knob exactly <laughs> in the middle. Yep, 12 o'clock. Yeah, that's right. So He's kind of like a shark. He's like a wobbagon. <laughs> it sounds like a single acoustic guitar. What if it is Jim and Martin so perfectly playing together left and right? It probably is. That sounds like it's exactly in the middle. That is what it is. <laughs> There's interesting syncopation going on. It's just Pete singing over this lonely one or two guitars. Mm-hmm. But do, do you notice that they're really playing with the beat? If you try to count along, you'll find they're really playing with it. It's really syncopated. Let's give it a listen. All the news will travel slowly Of a broken glass And I bet you heard that story Under the overpass did that sound syncopated to you? Yeah, rhythmically, it is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. And I, as I, a drummer, I don't care. I just do my bit. Yeah, and yeah. I, sing wherever you want. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it is, it is a fun rhythm. It's not like yeah. Pete starts every line on the one or anything like that. Yeah, I think he's playing heavily with that. The underlying beat continues. I mean, yeah. that's what syncopation is, right? You're yeah, playing, that's right. But You're playing against it, yeah, but not against disregarding it. it. That's right. Yeah. And then so it's 40 seconds of that. And then a thick bass comes in, probably a keyboard synth, actually. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like a little bit of strings and some organ coming in there. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To me, it's like there's a single note that, yeah. that comes in, just like that. And then the boys start singing harmony with the hallelujahs. Yeah. And then this lonely Jim guitar lead comes in. And then the whole band comes in for the dingo howls. Yeah. And Jim turns on the organ and he goes, bump, bump, bump. He's not just holding that, right? I love this stuff. And he does it even better on my favorite song, but I love it here. And contrary to the idea that they could play every song here live. They've got Jim and Martin both playing guitars and, and Jim on keys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's okay. Oh, yeah. It's totally okay. It's just interesting how this is one of the first times I've noticed them going beyond four instruments. Pete doesn't often pick up a guitar for the concert. Oh. 
I'm thinking, you know. Maybe they put this in C for Pete. Why would you put it did... in C? You'd have to play Fs and stuff, and those are hard. Maybe he's good enough at playing Fs He's probably stuff. got big, long fingers, yeah. Yeah, he's kind of mashed those strings, and he's just... <laughs> yeah. And Pete, he could put on the Santa suit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it's it's true that you can't really imagine Pete with an acoustic guitar without thinking of him in the Santa in the suit. Santa suit. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So if if listeners don't know this one, we can try and find a picture. But yeah. look for Peter Garrett acoustic guitar, Santa suit, <laughs> and you will find a pretty awesome picture. Okay, one thirty four. So they drop down to drums, bass, and organ. Yep. Love that pulsing organ. Yep. And do you notice that the bass has a lot of distortion, a lot of grit in it? Mm. Yeah, it's like a really kind of noise. Yeah. Yeah, the mules will travel slowly over broken glass time and again. Guitars come back in. And then I think the song really opens up yeah. with these lead guitars suddenly yeah. playing this different... Yeah. I think both Jim and Martin doing kind of a complimentary thing. Then the Alleluia's come back yeah, the at super at Super sing-along harmonies. Yeah. Yep. And the, and the big build-up. And then yeah. Pete's going high at one point towards oh, yeah. the end there. That's, come, that's right. There's some great bass fills building it up. And then that's right. Then here comes Pete. Goes for broke with the falsetto. Throws in some tom fills there. Yep. And more blue sky mining type guitars. Excellent guitar work from Jim. Okay. So here's 311 so we can hear Rob, his work on the drums, and then we'll listen to Jim. beautiful chord yeah so that guitar work is those arpeggios sound right out of like river runs red or oh something yeah like yeah that. for sure yeah nice stuff there's a nice little guitar solo outro solo yeah. at about 3:30. i wanted to ask you yeah what is that ending chord and you mean that very ending yeah chord the very end here is nice just kind of Laying down on the keys all yeah, the way down Yeah, that's like to... a glissando. It is a glissando. Yeah. Is there a different word for glissando going up and glissando going Rrr. down? Is there like, is it like Oh, a that's a good question. Dem, not a demi-glissando. <laughs> demi-glissando. <laughs> demi-glissando. Unglando. An unglando. <laughs> diglando. Yeah, it's a diglando. Glissando. Undeglando. Undeglando. Leum. Yeah, and there was some nice little bass bits in there too where Bones does a slide up the octave kind of thing. <laughs> Just like that? Yep. Yeah. Would you agree with me that the second side of the album is even better than the first side of the album? I agree, and now you're saying that your favorite song is still coming up on number 10 or 11. It is. The it's final like, two songs. So It's like Under the Overpass is my third favorite song. 
And then I'll give it away. The world that I see is like my second favorite song on the wow. album. And then my, it's like, it just, it's just, ramps, it just up. ramps up for me right at the end here. So I, I'm just loving where we're heading. So yeah, I have to agree. And to continue with the blue sky mining thing where this album, they kind of really did, I think fix yep. mistakes of like, Oh, we did this on another, on a previous album. We should fix that. We should do better. Yeah. Yep. Right. Let's take the best things from different things. Yeah. Yeah. And, I think, don't we all agree that Blue Sky Mining just really loses its way? You know, there's good stuff on Blue Sky Mining, but... All the individual songs are fine. But as a as an album together, yeah. it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't have yeah. what an album needs to keep me listening all the way through. Yeah. Happily. Yes. that I see Darren's second favorite song mm-hmm. interestingly also in the key of C oh yeah Martin is on the acoustic guitar on the left Jim is on the electric guitar surfy low kind of yeah. stuff the, maybe the baritone guitar I don't know mm-hmm. in the right yep. and then there's another acoustic guitar oh yeah right here in the middle knob all three of them are really hitting us with kind of like picking arpeggios yeah, yeah. so there's all kinds of guitar happening. If you listen to this in headphones, there's guitar around your head. And the percussion at the beginning of the song is very percussive. He's not laying down the beats. He's got the shakes and almost like the, the hammering on the railway kind of sounds going on. Yeah, this reminds me, it was a little amusing in the credits for the album. Bones Hillman is credited as bass and singing. Yeah. Martin Rotzi, guitar. Rob Hurst, drums, singing, percussion. Yeah. So it's just, have they done that before that they've given him like a separate I don't, percussion? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Peter Garrett, singing. Oh, yeah. No harmonica. Why didn't they put any harmonica on this album, Darren? I don't know, Robin. That's kind of like a little bit of an oversight, isn't it? It is, now that you mention it. Yeah. Because if they really want to make this. The best album the ever. The best album ever. You would have thought that yep. they would have put. And Jim, amusingly, is credited for guitar, other instruments, <laughs> and singing. singing. Yeah. I don't know if this is the first time they've credited Jim as singing. And other and instruments. I, I really do like other instruments. If there's something else that isn't covered by the word guitar or bass. Or percussion. Or percussion or drums. It's Jim. Good job, Jim. Did you see the uh, picture online this past week of Martin and Jim and Bonesy practicing up? And Jim is sitting behind the kit. Is he? Yeah, he's got a little drum that he's playing. Good. Yeah. Maybe Jim was reminding Rob what to do. Probably. On a song. Yeah. Maybe Rob was taking the picture. That was a diversion. That sure was. And the guitar riff kind of changes after the 42nd mark and then Jim mixes it up instead of doing kind of the riff he's doing chords instead Railway background vocals at 110 Pete sings there is no and then the boys sing there is no yes it yeah. seems like everybody has their own go at the background vocals. Yeah, that, that's what I was feeling it's like. It's like everybody gets a turn. You want to try singing it? You sing it. And then, then you sing it. We'll put a different effect on you. And then you sing it over here. It's good stuff. It is. They should convince Martin to sing on that bit. Hmm. 
hmm. <laughs> that hmm doesn't mean I disagree. Or hmm. agree. Maybe they did. He wasn't credited. That's true. He wasn't credited. Maybe he didn't want to be credited. Yeah. Anonymous. There is no That railway hammer sound comes back in, swinging back in after the chorus. Oh, where? Pink, pink. Oh, yeah. Pink. So those are those percussion things yeah. we're hearing. Did you did you mention you thought it sounded like railway kind of noises? I don't know if I mentioned that at the beginning. Yeah, yeah I don't it, think you did. I, but... think, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, it kind of sounds like a little hammering on metal type thing. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's a railway thing. Maybe somebody's in the blacksmith shop making horseshoes. I don't know what they're doing, oh, but it's kind of got that sound. Yeah. 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 Broadsword. Oh, he's making a broadsword. Could be. I don't know. Plus two. Plus two broadsword. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's a nice bass bit at 130. Drops back down. Rob's got a nice little uh, lead into the chorus with snare going on can around simula- 150. Can you simulate that for us? No. You're, you're right. I was going to ask about a key change at uh, 224, and I decided I don't think it's a key change, just an odd choice of chords. That's just how it leads into that cool little bridge. Yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, that's right. Cool chords to move us into that bridge. Yeah. As Jim is wont to do. Now there's another build-up. This song has a lot of build-ups, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Pete basically does a yodel. <laughs> eh? Is that what that is? Yeah, that's what I would call it. Let's hear. It's, it's pretty near a yodel. I wouldn't call that a yodel, how necessarily. Come? How come? Yodels usually, you go between like two different voices, right? And, and two, I think, two I th- different pitches. Yeah. I think he's just kind of just saying... Hey, that's not a yodel. It sort of sounded like you were almost yodeling there, Darren. <laughs> I think you have very low standards for yodels. So I was just watching the Cranberries. You know the band, the Cranberries? I'm familiar with the 90s Cranberries. 90s band. They're, yeah. They were kind of back a couple of years ago. Uh, and apparently she, they're, they're Irish, right? Irish or Scottish? Yeah, probably Irish. I think they're Irish. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and apparently... and and. The lead singer, she calls what she does like that a yodel. Yeah, I call what I do drumming. Doesn't mean that it is. Yeah, she claims to yodel, and people were arguing, just like you, that she doesn't yodel. Well, I don't care that much about it. I just didn't think it was a yodel. And she... I uh, think you're the one invested. I think Pete yodels. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm saying that's the closest to yodeling, because he's rapidly alternating between two different notes. I'm glad that you're kind of backing down from your... Hard yodel stance. All along I said, kind of like a yodel. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose on the spectrum, it's kind of like a yodel. Name something that's more yodel-like that Pete has ever done. Oh, that Pete has ever done? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yodeling is a spectrum, Darren. (laughs) In these modern days, we understand this. Who's to say that what's a yodel to me isn't a yodel to you? Yeah. Yodel-a-hee-hoo. Oh. But see, that's not even much of a yodel, is it? No. So you're saying a, re- a true yodel doesn't just alternate rapidly between two pitches, but it also changes the voice or it doesn't, something. Doesn't it go between like two voices or like, 
flickering between falsetto and not falsetto? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'll try, I'll try to find a good example of a yodel, and I'll put it right here. Why not just you doing your yodelahi who <laughs> thing? Do, do a good one right now. Go for it. I can't. Go for broke. Go on. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a good cowboy yodeling song. <laughs> the yodeling cowboy. Is that the guy who would like stand on his head and yodel? <laughs> hey? We've got better things to okay, talk about. <laughs> I can't think it was almost a yodel for Pete. Oh, and we got more Blue Sky Mining guitars coming. Tell me what song this sounds exactly like. King of the Mountain. Yeah, once again, King of the Mountain. Even had the chromatic shift to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is that a deliberate little quotation? Maybe. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. So it's funny that we get getting all this Blue Sky Mining returns. Nice find. Three minutes, drops down just to the bass and vocals, as sure as I am in this place. Yeah. And that's where the bass is doing that thing. And then the guitar. There's a guitar chord. You hear the lightning strike. Yeah, it's it's funny how reserved it is. But yeah, it, it's but not it's like very, a big crack. But it's, it's got to be the lightning strike. It's, yeah, right? yeah. It's this very dissonant chord. It's, yeah. it's a strange chord. The spirit comes, let lightning strike and leave no trace. And that was the scream. You just caught the scream too there. Yeah. Nice chord at the end. We think it's a D minor nine. In the key of C, the second chord is a D minor. But like adding the nine, and it's just an unexpected way to end the song. And the return of the acoustic guitar does sound a little diesel and dust-ish yep. to me as yep. well, the way yep. it's used in that song. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So to me, this is a Capricornia the novel song. Well, it's got the most blatant Capricornia reference. This is, in fact, I think the only, besides the word Capricornia, yeah. the only blatant name drop done on the whole album the o'cannon garrison falls yeah, down the o'cannon garrison so tim o'cannon yep a railway fettler is a railway fettler yep. and that's fettler just means a, a a railway repair yeah worker yeah he actually works on the actual railroad tracks yeah 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 and he has a large family mm-hmm. he has an aboriginal wife the, the book paints him as a conflicted guy because, yep. as we already mentioned, yep. He's, yep. he is not kind to his wife. Nope. Um, but he loves his children. He also loves the army. He kind of wishes he was in the army, or at least he yeah. loves the idea of yep. the army. Yep. And him and Frank are telling tall tales to each other to try and sound like legitimate army yep. guys yep. at one point. Yeah. He raises his kids as if he is... The major or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, and and he's named all the kids kind of with their uh, army positions. Oh yeah, they all have their rank. Yeah, they all have rank, and they all and he seems to like to have them like march and line up as if and they are soldiers. Yep. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't sound like in a really oppressive kind of way to his kids. No. Like it's approximately fun. It, yeah, it seems kind of like Sound of Music to me. Right. You know. Yeah. 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 Where that, that's right. Uh, except with, I don't know, eight, ten, like a lot of kids. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Taki is one of the children. Yeah. Then unfortunately for Tim, 
Uh, Poor Tim. He dies. On Christmas Day. Yes. On the rail line. Yep. Not being careful. There was a reason why he was... There was a point on the railway that everyone was watching him, and they knew that if the train comes around the corner at this time, you know, he won't be able to hear them because of the geography of the land, and then the train comes around, and he'll notice it, and it'll be too late. And it was. Was he even trying to save somebody else? Somebody else was going down there. Yeah, And he maybe, went after eh? them, and actually they Oh, yeah. Lived. Did did he have an argument with somebody? Yeah, there was something. Oh, man, we don't remember this yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's not... A lot of stuff happened in the book. It's a very, it's a book full of things. I like the firmament reference. I knew you would. Yeah. So this lightning strike, did we figure out, is that when Ket is wandering? At this point of the novel, like I was reading for it and and trying to put it into this song. Mm. And I was thinking, did I miss another lightning strike earlier that may have happened with Norman? Mm. Let lightning strike and leave no trace. I guess I was trying to weave it into the whole Frank McClash murder, mm. but was unsuccessful in pinning that down. Yeah. Would you call it a murder? Well. Killing in self-defense? No, it, it it wasn't a murder, but there was a murder trial, so yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Capricornia is the, the skin and bone. It's the land that's hardly known. There is no end to the world that I see. There's a key to the song there. Just like the vastness of Capricornia, the immediacy of life. The song just seems to be painting the scenery. It's painting the world. Yep. I don't really understand. I like the line, as we swing from star to star, mm. we're not going very far. Just seems to be speaking of the the toughness of, of having to go up there. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to glean any more meaning from it, but it mm-hmm. paints. It paints. The picture. Poets and Slaves. Here we are, the final song. Yeah. Oh yeah, World I See was Virginia and Hurst. Yep. And now this final song. Just Jim. And you know, it's been a few albums since Jim has written the last song on the album that's been my absolute favorite for an epic closer but it's kind of like we've come full circle yeah this is an extremely epic closer it is yeah beautifully orchestral it starts off at it's an f sharp minor yeah uh pulsing thick bass synth oh i love it yeah and and i wrote down okay i i know it's not the drum assist but it reminds me kind of that of yeah. that drum assist yeah, type thing. Yeah, it's that thing. pulsing synthesizer. Oh, it's it's beautiful. It's ominous. It's full. It just it's everywhere. Yeah, and then gets right into you. <laughs> Accompanied with I don't know if it's accordion. Is it organ? Is it a harmonium? Maybe, eh? Quite likely. Yeah, because it's that very reedy sound. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's yeah. The air over the reeds. Yep. And that's the whole intro with uh, just Pete singing over top of that. And even the way that Jim is playing, laying down his chords for this organ or, or key bit, he's not changing everything on on the beat even. Yeah. He's sometimes playing it on the in between the beats, like on the ands and stuff like that, just to kind of give it, I don't even want to say backbeat, but just kind of just puts you off a little bit as yeah. he's playing it. But yeah, like if it was reggae, backbeat or whatever, that... It would that be more that, consistent. It has that regular. 
yeah. like he's doing it there'll be like long there'll be like bars of yes. one chord right and then it does shift you know so at about 50 seconds in a piano joins in right and that's basically playing a crocodile cries sure yeah. it is because we hear it quite obviously at the end of the song the last minute of yeah. the song yeah that's right but yeah that's but right even it 50 seconds that it's, it's basically playing the crocodile cries and then at about a minute 10 it plays the very obvious chromatic ending of crocodile cries do 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 yeah yeah just coming into that second verse actually there. reminds me of one of the themes in tron oh yeah 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 tron has a similar chromatic yeah. thing excellent soundtrack for mm-hmm. tron but anyway then the song continues uh backwards guitars yep play around 135 mm-hmm. and then there's that harmonium or i'm going to call a harmonium even though i don't know what it is sure it does this cool circusy yeah it, it reminds me of like for the benefit of mr kite or something like that it's got that edwardian circus yeah kind of feel to it and we're not talking about the lyrics yet but Circus Olympia yep. pulls into town. Yeah. So that's a nice little detail there. Mm-hmm. Then there's this nice guitar solo, slide guitar. It includes a big dive. Yeah. And then there's this really nice bass fill. Okay, just before the bass yep. fill, around 245, it almost sounds like a single string thing at the end of the solo. We got everything we need. Sugar and One string. Yeah. This section of the song is uh, seems almost really bluesy to me or something. It's totally bluesy. Yeah, and, and that bass fill, I, I just really like that bass fill. Almost sounds like a stand-up bass kind of thing. Like mm. it's, it, it, it isn't, but it's mm-hmm. almost that kind of... And, and that single string bluesy guitar sound almost sounds like you know is it one of those glass what do you call those things yeah like a, a slide yeah a glass, glass slide. a glass slide is that yeah. what you were talking about then yeah like a slide guitar solo yeah. and even the solo itself yeah was like a slide guitar solo. yeah yeah uh either glass it depends on the type of strings there's glass slides mm-hmm. there are like copper slide there's like different beer bottles yeah beer bottles which were the original glass slide apparently oh yeah yeah long-necked what was the name of the band the opener in the living end didn't he use his beer bottle he sure did then uh there's that nice ah yeah <laughs> yeah i wrote that down to it it's not like front and center it's no. just in the background and it's it's it's, it's, it's just kind of off mic a little bit yeah just back in the room yeah is that pete or is that bones that's i'm not sure who it was yeah yeah, yeah. And, and I like that. That kind of suits this murky, bluesy sound that's going on yep, there. Yeah. And it's just a room noise, a bit like breathe. Or I was going to say like... maybe Malcolm just stopped in yeah. for a for a quick word. Yeah. Hey boys. Ah. ah. <laughs> it's bones. Definitely bones. Yeah. Some nice crunchy guitars come in right after that. Ah. Yeah. This is coming up on the four minute mark now. You think, oh, maybe the song's going to end now. Yeah. But instead, but no. 
the doo-doos start. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do-do-do-do-do-do. I should just play it instead of doing it. Sure. This is kind of a, a real diesel kind of moment, isn't sure. it? Sure. Yeah, yeah, these it are is. doo-doos. The Oils had never been shy to have singing with no words. Mm, yes. Right? They'll, they will choose... Yodeling. Yodeling. Doos. They like to... Pre- they don't do las, all that. La, 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 la. Right? They don't. <laughs> they don't. Or fa, fa, fa. What are some other... Shooby-dooby-doos. Shooby-doos. No. Not usually. Not often. The organ starts to build up. Yeah. The vocals are really going. It's a real kind of choir yeah. thing going on here. Yeah. And the whole song builds and it's got so much feeling and power behind it. And it's not necessarily loud. Like yeah. I always feel like I should be cranking this really loud in it. And it sounds good loud. Yeah. Like I like to listen to this song loud, but it's more just the whole power behind the pre-ending that gets me. And it, it just wells and grabs you. Yeah. Now at 430... There's this really cool synth thing. Yeah, that nice kind of shimmery kind of... Yeah, shimmery synth, and that kind of all cuts out all that noisy stuff. Yeah. And we drop down again to, to the, the piano. Out to... Well, there's the pulsing, yep. and the piano comes in again. Yes. And again... Essentially, Crocodile Cries. To the end. Yeah. And then just some psych backwards guitar. Yeah, like I kind of think I'm hearing vehicles or something around 506, oh, but I'm yeah. not sure. Kind of like traffic or something. To me, it sounded like a truck driving away or okay. something like in that oh. kind of. Category. Um, yeah, there's those pulsating keys, some neat backwards guitars. Or or forward guitars made to sound backwards. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's right. You didn't do your experiment. I, I didn't do it, no. Yeah. And then once again, that chromatic crocodile sound. Yep. The motif. The, the motif, yes. Yep. So we've heard that, I think, three times in total on the album. Yeah. Uh, that chromatic ending of crocodile cries and then the big final chord that's almost up there with uh at the end of day in the life which is at the end of sergeant pepper's um so what's our point what are we talking oh, about i don't we, know why are we talking at about the that? end of crocodile cries it's it's got a pretty nice final chord it's not it's not that it's not where they drag seven pianos into the same room and had their bodyguard and everything like all the biggest piano chord ever let's hear it instead of like landing on something big it's almost like it's drawing it away yeah you're right yeah it has nothing to do with that abbey road thing never mind what i said but it does kind of have that same feel, though, kind of building it up orchestrally and building and building and building yeah. and building and then whoosh. Yeah. And there is a lot of sustain on that final chord, but it, yep. it might just be 
a note or two mm-hmm. on the bass on the piano. Yep. Jim, we love this stuff. Yeah. This is Jim at his peak powers. Jim does lots of stuff really well, and he does this stuff really well, too. Yeah. And I really like how the album ends with it. It is a good ending. So what are the other epic Jim ending songs? So nothing lost, nothing gained. Yeah. The epic eight minute. Yes. What is it all about, Jim? Is it now? Oh my goodness, is it now is fantastic. <laughs> oh, are we going to do an episode in 2018 about Darren's favorite ending songs on albums? Yeah, maybe we will. Kind of dropped it a little bit on Bird Noises. Yeah, well, it's just you an know, EP. Yeah. Lucky Country. Oh. Man alive, that's the whole band. Yeah. It's not just a gym song, but talking about ending, yeah, there's end of the ending. album songs. Yeah. Gun Barrel. But sometimes... <laughs> You know, both of them are are good, but sometimes is the way you want to end the album. (laughs) This is an experiment for another time. Yeah. So Poets and Slaves, it kind of spells it out towards the end of the novel, eh? When, is it the shouter that's talking about Norman? Mm Mm-hmm. And referring to him as one of those romantic kind of guys and mentions how he writes poetry. Does he say poetry or is he just talking about how he's prone to like bragging prone to yeah emphasize like to maybe that what's it. the word like not emphasize um hyperbole hyperbole but when i was reading that part of the novel it's like oh yeah this is this is norman he is he is the poet he is the romantic but there are other characters in the novel who who live like that who wear their their feelings on the outside and they just pursue what their heart tells them to go after whether it's a good thing or whether it's a bad thing you can even bind that kind of way of living life up with the whole idea of slavery you know being a slave to your emotions being a slave to your passions sometimes in a good way sometimes in a way that's going to bring a lot of heartache to you and then literal slaves um, when we talk about the different castes and, yeah. and the social order of things up in Capricornia. Yeah. So that, that opening line. Oh, isn't it a great one? Yeah. Here comes the mechanical sun. Here comes the mechanical sun. And it sure fits well with the music. Yeah. The pulsing. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a little chat about that maybe last week. Yeah. About what it could be. You know, it it could just plain old be the sun. Yeah. And just the harshness of it. The sun rises, the sun beats down on you, the sun sets on you. It's like a machine, like clockwork. Yeah. Working on the bones. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, that's working on Frank's bones. In the dry old creek bed. Yeah. Alternatively, you know, the mechanical sun could be the electric light in the courtroom when the shouter brings out the box of, of Frank's bones and, and then proceeds to set them up and, and explain how... You know, who shot Frank and explains how that all works out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Frank's bones under the electric lights there as well. Yeah. What's the yellow box hangs like it's dead? I don't know. You know, is that the sun? Huh. I'm not sure what that is. Yeah. Is it the light? I was I was hoping right at the very beginning of the novel when I was reading and Mark got a hold of that kind of mini generating plant. 
yeah. that he set up on Flying Fox. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, is that gonna is that gonna be like the yellow box or something? It, it, that didn't pan out. Yeah. yeah. I was I was looking for that in the novel. I I don't know I don't know what it is. Yeah. Or the emerald silo is rusting. Rusting from the inside. I doubt this is it. But when I hear that, I think of the end of the novel and not a silo but a water tank. Mm-hmm. And I just think about the death and decay in the water tank, maybe rusting from the inside. It, just images. It's probably not that, but that's what I think of yeah. when I hear those lyrics. Yeah, that could be it. You want to run like the wind, you'll never come here again. You know, again, just the passion. I can see that being Norman in the last few chapters of the book, scrambling to set things up and running from Red Ochre to town halfway and then back and trying to protect people and, and do the right thing and following his heart, but messing up. Yeah. Circus Olympia, which we talked about was emphasized by the music, mm-hmm. the circus. Yeah. The dwarf and the fat man, those would be guys from the circus. Yeah, presumably. But I don't remember, like... No circus came to town in no, California. No, I imagine that this is another case of let's put some other stuff into the song. I'm thinking that they're taking a stab at the actual Olympics here. Mm. I wonder if the dwarf and the fat man have something to do with, you know, the International Olympic Committee and Australian government. Oh, yeah. Kind of doing the thing that they do. You know, maybe the fat man's the shouter and he's kind of hobnobbing. Because you know when, when the lawyer, or not the fat man, you know when the, the lawyer who we call the, who was called the shouter came yeah. to town and, and he really got in um, with, the, with the high class society and the bridge games and the drinking and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, maybe this is something like that. Yeah. Hmm. Or maybe it's just a small guy and a fat guy. Can go drinking. <laughs> <laughs> that you want to go down in flames. You're going to crash like the waves. Again, just kind of following your passions to the end type thing. Yeah. You poet. You slave. We got everything we need. Sugar and beef. We definitely have beef in this story. Yeah. But this is, I think this is talking to modern Australia. Uh-huh. But the meat ants... A meat ant, also known as a gravel ant or southern meat ant, is a species of ant endemic to Australia. Mm. Meat ants are gathering like storms. Oh, yeah. Meat ants are gathering like storms. Yeah, you never noticed that. Why are you talking about meat ants, Robin? Well, (laughs) because it's in the lyrics. How did I miss that? It's because I haven't actually cracked open the lyrics. I'm just listening to things. I'm not actually reading (laughs) things. That's pretty awesome. I didn't know you didn't know. That's (laughs) Why are you talking about meat ants? Meat ants. Um, somewhere in the quiet, wild. I like how he says, somewhere, somewhere in the quiet, quiet wild, wild darkness. darkness. It almost sounds like he's repeating himself. It does. Quiet, quiet, or wild, wild. Yeah. It, it does sound like he's repeating himself. Yeah. Yeah. Crocodile cries. And we touched on this last time, too. You know, what? what is this crocodile crying? You know, is it the the preacher who comes to town who just doesn't get it? Crocodile tears are more like fake. False tears. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, how does that fit into this? I didn't unlock it in the novel either. Yeah, I get the feeling he's calling out to people who are poets and slaves. Yes. But you don't think of a slave as somebody who can be a poet, who can 
has time for the art sure who sure, yeah. expresses yeah. themselves eloquently it seems to me there's there's a call it's it's like a call out mm-hmm. to australia come on you poets and slaves yeah, yeah. like we sure. can we can do something here we you're going to pass like the days stop time and head for the stage and that to me is kind of like like take out it's a call to action yeah yeah uh it's a call for people to kind of wake up and do better yeah 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 so there's a mash of of the novel and unnovel stuff here i don't want to skip over you've got to arrest the decay Mm. you're sinking down in the bay yeah that can be again a call to australia not to flounder but i think that it's also a direct reference to the spirit of the land the boat that they have that at the end of the novel mm-hmm. literally is decaying, falling apart in the bay off flying. Well, is it off flying Fox at this point or yeah, it's still flying Fox, but they, the Island's renamed at this point. Yeah. It's just kind of decaying and sinking down in the bay there. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. There's this boat that's with us throughout the whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and it's almost like you're talking about, it was almost like another character in the novel. Yeah. It had the potential to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the ship itself kind of epitomizes the, the hopes of people or yeah. the, you know, that ambition. Yeah. But there it is kind of rusting and yeah. falling apart. And it yeah. never really did. It never lived up to its potential. Yeah. Yeah. Partly because, you know, Mark and Chuck never getting themselves together. Yeah. Uh, as well as they could. Yeah. But anyway, powerful so, song. Yeah. Great song. It's right up there with the most epic oils, closer, slow closers mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so too. So before we get to the game, I want to kind of frame our discussion, our kind of closing discussion of the album in a little different way than we normally do. What if Capricornia was the Oils' last album? Yes, this is the Oils' last album. Yeah. I'm holding out hope that it's not. Yeah. But for 15 years... This is what they left us with. This is the last word. Yeah. What is it saying to us? It's it's a good kind of summary album of the mo- more pop, mainstream rock side of the oils. Mm-hmm. This is kind of doing diesel and blue sky mining and earth and sun and moon. It's kind of coming back to those. Reaching around a little bit more than that. Yeah. But really yeah, it's focusing on cause, that. Because we've seen it reaching back into the 1098 and the Red Sails era. Yeah. We've seen it pulling things out of Breathe. We've seen it kind of pulling elements out of Redneck, Redneck as well. Yeah. 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 It, it's a good summary, but kind of centering on the middle of their career. Yep. It sounds like it was a deliberate attempt to recapture yep. that era with the hope of that kind of return to popularity to and relevance on, on the charts. Yeah. 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 And it wasn't no, that. No. But I like the songs. Yeah. Uh, it's as Australian as ever. Yeah. I like how they went after this concept album yeah. a little bit. Yeah, they, they um, certainly did. Yeah. I, I still don't feel it, it gets as concepty as, well, actually, when you look at it, a lot of their albums are concept, like from Postcard. Yeah. And 1098. Yeah. And Diesel. Species. Yeah, I guess Species too. Yeah. Sure. Sure, why not? Yeah. Diesel really feel like there's concepts going on there. Yeah. That go through most of the album. 
And every album has a little bit of a concept yep. to it, I think. It has a theme. Yeah. But those albums in particular. This album, it's kind of missing kind of two things. I wish it had an epic, fast song that would be up there with, like, okay, Lucky Country. Yeah. Okay. There is the Oils doing epic mm-hmm. and fast. Yep. Uh, the Oils obviously do epic and slower songs well as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got lots of good upbeat songs, uh, but it doesn't really nail it. And I don't know why this album, I don't know, it, it's just missing some intangible thing, even though on paper, I mean, I like it all. Yeah. It's upbeat. It's got distortion vocals. It's got some distorted bass. It has fantastic bass playing throughout it's got big crunchy guitars, but somehow it doesn't all add up into hmm. being into quite having that excitement. Hmm. Do you want to play the game right now, or do you want to well, ask me what I think about it first? I am actually not one hundred percent decided. Yeah. On what I want to do here, so I'd like to hear your opinion. You can even maybe try to argue for it. I definitely am going to argue okay. for it. I love Capricornia. All right. This is one of my, if not my favorite, Oils album. And so for me, this is a contender. Right now I'm holding on to Earth and Sun and Moon. Yeah. And so it's okay. What do I like better? Do I like Earth and Sun and Moon or Capricornia better? Capricornia, I think, has a lot of good things going for it. You're not saying that there's not a lot of good things going for it. Oh, it's got lots of good things going for it. It is groovy. It is rhythmical, and just like my current favorite, Earth and Sun and Moon, it doesn't have the flashy drums, but it's got solid drumming. The bass work is great. Rob and Bones are playing so well together on this album. I love it all the way through. It's got Poets and Slaves, which is really a masterpiece. This is Jim doing that kind of thing that Jim does most excellently. I love Poets and Slaves. Yeah. I think it's got, okay, maybe tinging more towards the pop Rocky, but I think it does bring the rock. Songs like Too Much Sunshine, which I crashed a car to. (laughs) (laughs) That's rock and roll. It is rock and roll. (laughs) I didn't roll the car. I spun the car around. Mosquito March, and even Been Away Too Long, just bring those elements of rock, and they've got the, the screams in there too they they yeah. bring the rock to the album so i think that they've it's got that rocky power to it yeah that maybe you kind of forgot about because we were talking about some of those songs yesterday crocodile cries it's got that instrumental thing just to give you a break like yep. it really finishes side a really well it's so it's got these ups and downs it to it the fun. whole way through i think that it really does have a solid center even though it's not explicit having read the novel yeah and being able to plumb the depths of the lyrics and try to find these neat things that are are hidden in there and are influencing the songs it's really interesting lyrically i am convincing myself to take capricornia yeah it's a hard one yeah i think it's a really worthy album i really like it yeah and it is definitely a contender yeah so i don't know what it is because 
I remember thinking Breathe was superior to Earth, Sun, and Moon mm-hmm. because Breathe had all those ups and downs I wanted. Yeah. And that was Earth, Sun, and Moon's one flaw. Mm-hmm. Capricorn doesn't have that flaw either. No. And I agree that does rock, even if they're trying to make it a bit more pop. Yeah, it's not head injuries, but, but it brings the rock. Yeah, there's rock and... Martin and Jim are playing together and separately better than they've played in years on this album. Yeah, th- this might be up there among the best of their playing together. Yeah. Of, of the two guitars become one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am convinced by all the facts, and I don't know why, I still have this strange gut feeling of, (laughs) you looked a little too long. (laughs) At his gut. At my gut. I know what you're feeling. Yeah. What what is that feeling? Is it? Capricornia checks all the boxes. Yeah, I think it does. But so, I think I'm going to stick with Earth and Sun and Moon. Oh, wow. Why? What's the deal? I don't know what it is either. Yeah. So why do we both have a resistance? Is it just a little bit too polished? Yeah, it, it might be. It might be a little too polished. Maybe it might... Warren just worked a little bit too much of his magic and just took off. Yeah, it's like it's a little too good or something. It's a little too technically yep yep maybe that is it but that's that's how i feel now it feels really weird ending up with breathe for me i feel kind of dumb ending up with breathe breathe is a great album i like it though yeah yeah and i bet you tomorrow morning when i put on earth and sun and moon which i haven't listened to in months yeah i'm gonna be very excited to listen to it and i'll you probably feel really glad. happy you feel yeah. glad about your choice yeah. yeah not that i'm sick of Capricorni at all yeah yeah i guess we're trying to explain to the listeners that both you and i do even though we haven't really conspired <laughs> on this yeah on paper capricornia should win yeah all those check boxes it does what earth and sun and moon doesn't do yeah and for me with breathe i wish breathe had a bit more rock on it do you think it's the Capricornia, the novel brought into it, that takes away from some of the the oilsness that maybe Earth and Sun and Moon had? Like, I really like the idea of using a book for a concept album. Yeah. I've even tried to do it myself. So I wouldn't deduct that. And you know what? I think I had this general feeling about Capricornia even back before I knew about the book. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm going to bizarrely take a breathe. And still wonder if I shouldn't have ended up with 1098 or even Postcard. Those are the two real contenders for me. Let's not have the discussion where I say I should have kept red sails. (laughs) (laughs) But maybe we should have another talk behind the microphones in a month or two. This completes our In the Year of we're, we've been playing with words here that's right in the year of the great circle tour which is 2017 2017 we have listened to and talked in depth yeah about every midnight oil studio release yes we have including their eps and yeah. some video releases and some video releases so we have exactly done in 30 episodes what we set out to do yep thank you robin 
I've yeah. enjoyed having you over every couple weeks. Robin and I have been friends since we have been little kids, but we have... 40, 40-ish year, 41 years or something. But in the last year, we have hung out, just hung out and talked about stuff that we've liked more than we have in years and years and years and years and years. Yeah, I would imagine it was somewhere back even pre-high school that we we last hung out this much together. It's been great. Thank you for spending the time. You know, we've both had other things going on in this year, and so it's just been nice to, yeah. you know, have something else to to do and to sometimes have a talk after the after the show about post show talks post show chats yeah it's been good we have had lots more downloads and listens than either of us were expecting to have yeah and it's been so cool to be chatting online yeah um, when we put up the episode with with folks who not only who just want to talk about oils like we could go to the facebook group and talk oils with people all the time and and go to concerts and hang out with strangers and hug them and all this crazy stuff. Get sweaty, sweaty hugs. Yep. And then people will interact with us on dumb stuff that we say on the podcast. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun all the way around. Yeah. So thank you to uh, listeners for listening to us and talking back to us. Yeah. Setting us straight. Yes. Yeah, and apologies if, if we've slighted anybody over this time. Sometimes we're lazy, sometimes we're forgetful, sometimes yeah. we should write things down and we just don't get around to it. And so thank you, everyone who's reached out. If we forgot to like or thank you or whatever, know that we appreciate every one of you. Indeed. Yeah. I, I also want to say thank you to Darren for this idea and for following through. In the past, I've occasionally criticized Darren for not following through on things. And rightly so. <laughs> this was Darren's vision. I was happy to come along for the ride. He put all the work in on editing the episodes. And I know some of you have said, oh, don't bother editing them. <laughs> oh, but you want me to edit them. Yeah, but you don't realize Darren really does make them so much more listenable. He makes us sound smarter. <laughs> he makes us sound less annoying than we really are. We're burping and we're farting <laughs> and we're saying stupid things and you really wouldn't want to hear all of that. And it's, and Darren true. chops it down and it takes some hours to chop these things down. Maybe occasionally he's overzealous, but overall I will take the edits happily. So thank you, Darren, for yeah. all that work. And might not be completely over, no. but this is but this is the main we have accomplished what we set out to do. Anything else is a bonus. Yeah, and then there there may be some bonus episodes. We really hope yeah. that there will be a new album. Yeah. And we will like we'll do an episode for every song. <laughs> if there's a new album. Not promising that. Okay, Darren doesn't promise that. You're welcome. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> and with that, it is time to put all the CDs back on the shelves. And the DVDs back under the TV, and the vinyl under the record player, and say goodnight until next time. For Robin Harbin, I'm Darren Foltz. Good night. Good night.
I stay up really late last night to hear the end of the Ashes in Australia did win. All right. Yeah. So there you go. Good. I saw them drinking the champagne out of the cup. <laughs> Mixed with the ashes. Yeah, is that terrible? But, got a little but, bit of a uh, champagne slash ashes yeah. mustache going on there. <laughs> the, the reason Darren and I joke about this is that our big uh, sports competition is the for the Stanley Cup, the yep. NHL. The Hockey Cup. Watching the Hockey Cup. <laughs> and it is a tradition to drink drink out champagne yeah. out of it. Yeah. yeah. And so when we're conflating this idea of the ashes and and the Stanley Cup, <laughs> it just gets really ridiculous when you think there's... Do you have to take a leak as bad as I do? No. Okay. I really have to take a leak. 